If you travel a lot for work or for a vacation, you might be familiar with that feeling you get knowing you're leaving your space unused for long periods of time and you're still paying for that privilege. But hosting on Airbnb means you don't have to leave your home sitting empty when you're away. Being an Airbnb host isn't just a way to earn some extra cash. It's a chance to share your space and make a guest's vacation all the more memorable. You might be thinking, eh, maybe my place isn't the right fit, but don't write it off just yet. Your potential Airbnb might be right in front of you. Whether it's a spare room or even your entire home, there's an opportunity waiting. Airbnb turns your home into a practical and even profitable venture. We just got back from a family trip to Hawaii where we stayed in a great Airbnb, but our place back home could have been a highlight to somebody else's travels, and we could have used the extra cash to help pay for the trip. So if you're curious about hosting on Airbnb, find out how much your space could be worth by visiting airbnb.com slash host. Once again, that's airbnb.com slash host. Side Hustle Show 240, why a Facebook group should be part of your marketing strategy. What's up? What's up? Nick Loper here. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show because the dream is free, but the hustle is sold separately. I'm really excited to share today's episode with you because my guest has an incredible online business success story from an unlikely starting point and in an unlikely niche. Teresa Greenway is a mother of 10 who escaped an abusive relationship, but is now earning four to $5,000 a month teaching people how to bake the perfect sourdough bread online. The majority of that revenue is coming from the online education platform Udemy.com, but there are some other income streams as well. And while Teresa is at the center of this business in NorthwestSourdough.com, and I think she's a really savvy marketer, she's got a secret weapon, a big engaged tribe of fans, followers, and customers who are all members of her Facebook group, Perfect Sourdough. She's got almost 35,000 members in this thing, and in this episode, she shares how it's grown, what she's done to engage that community over the years, and ultimately how she's turned community members into customers in a non-slimy, salesy way. So if you're on the fence about creating a Facebook group for your business or your side hustle, I think Teresa is going to give you that gentle motherly nudge toward getting it going. Notes, links, and a free downloadable PDF highlight reel from this conversation are at SideHustleNation.com slash Teresa. It's T-E-R-E-S-A. Before we dive in, let me take a moment to thank today's sponsor, Maker.co. It's M-A-K-R.co. Does this sound familiar? You need great branding, but you can't afford a designer. Don't let it hold you back. With Maker's library of templates, fonts, icons, and images, you can be your own designer. Join the over 1 million customers who've discovered Maker for creating unique and professional-looking logos and branding materials at an affordable price. In fact, you can try it out today for free. Side Hustle Show listeners get a free logo with promo code HUSTLE. Just visit maker.co slash hustle to redeem your code. That's maker, M-A-K-R dot C-O slash hustle and enter promo code HUSTLE at checkout. This edition of the Side Hustle Show is also sponsored by Jet.com. Jet is a shopping site that makes it easy to save money on the stuff you buy all the time with fast and free two-day shipping on orders over $35 and no membership fees. For an extra 20% off your first two orders over $35, visit Jet.com and enter promo code SIDEHUSTLE at checkout. That's Jet.com, J-E-T, and promo code SIDEHUSTLE for an extra 20% off your first two orders over $35. Terms and conditions apply. I'll be back to tell you about my top takeaways from this chat with Teresa after the interview. Ready? Let's do it. Uh, I started the group quite by accident in uh, 2013. Um, I was approached by a publisher out of the UK to collaborate with them on a a sourdough book. Uh, They wanted to call it Perfect Sourdough. And so uh, I asked them if I could have some other bakers in on that book uh, to collaborate with me. 
They said, sure. So I got a baker's dozen, 13 other bakers. Okay, and okay. Yeah, perfect. And uh, and I made a little group just so we could communicate real easily. I was really new to uh, setting up a group, and I didn't realize that people could uh, add other people and people could petition to join. But that's what happened. People, you know, petitioned and uh, other bakers added people. From uh, the original 14 people, it, all of a sudden, it was like growing all by itself. I suddenly had hundreds of people that were bakers, and I was thinking, oh, okay, uh, I guess there's a lot of people interested here in sourdough baking. I guess so. Sorry, how did you find those first 13? Were those personal, you know, baking friends of yours, or how did you, how did you connect with those guys initially? I was already friends with them on Facebook. They were other uh, baking professionals and serious home bakers that were friends of mine. Okay. And so I just wanted a, a hub, some central place for us to be able to share, you know, our formulas and photos and, and such. And a group seemed like a great idea to do that. And, and actually it is. Very cool. Now, my understanding is Facebook has three different privacy settings for groups. You can set it to be completely open. You can set it to be closed where somebody has to, you know, discover it and then request to join and they have to be approved by uh, an administrator. And then you have like a top secret group, which is like by invite only. And I've run uh, a couple, actually all the groups that I've run have been either closed or private groups. Was this one just set to open where people could openly discover it? Yeah, well, actually, I, I think that it was defaulted at that. And at the time, uh, I was new to groups. I didn't understand that. So I think from the beginning, it was just open. Okay. I I have my own other groups that are closed that, you know, like you said, and I have a also a secret private group of people that test formulas for me. And we have our own very small group. So you're right, there are several different settings. But uh I think without realizing it, I had it uh, defaulted to public and it was open. And that was one reason it was so easy to find and for people to join. Okay. So people are starting to discover this through Facebook organic search. And, you know, the people, the original, the original 13, original 14 members are inviting other people that they know. So it's kind of spidering out from them. Is there any, is there such thing as like Facebook group SEO where, you know, you're putting keywords in the description or the time I mean, the, the title says perfect sourdough but are you you know conscious of the description if you want people to discover your group no actually i've never paid any attention to <laughs> seo in the description i never needed to it from the beginning i went back and and i looked at how my numbers grew and in the beginning it was you know a few hundred uh, a month and Suddenly it was, you know, five to 600 a month. And uh, at this point, it's almost a thousand new members a month. Wow. So no, I didn't really need to worry about the SEO aspect of it. There's a lot of sourdough bakers out there. That's fantastic. So what kind of things are you posting to keep people engaged? Because this is 2013 and we'll get, we'll get into the Udemy stuff in a bit, but that didn't that didn't start until a year or two later so what's what's going on what's driving the content what's driving the conversation inside the group at this point a lot of people that bake bread really like to show off photos of their bread and so in in the description of my group i, I say this is a place to show off your beautiful bread and i think that's real attractive to people to make something beautiful and want to share it with everybody so it's a very active group. People are showing their breads every day. They're sharing formulas. I also have contests. We have 
challenges now and again where um, we'll say, okay, here's a formula, everybody bake this, or maybe bake breads with uh, a dessert bread or onion type bread or whatever. And so people, we will do the challenges now and again. And I also will do giveaways where I have other corporate sponsors and and different businesses that will donate bakery type items and we'll do a, a giveaway, which is always real fun for everybody. Okay. I mean, at the beginning, are you getting corporate sponsors right out of the gate or is it just more of kind of this share your photos and kind of different recipes that you're working on? No, uh, in the beginning, it was just people sharing. Yeah. it, it in, Until I started my Udemy courses, it didn't get real big. Uh, once the group got real big and people like Broad and Taylor and and then Zatoba and some of the other businesses and small businesses too that want to show off their baking goods, uh, they started noticing how big the group was. So when I would uh, want to do a giveaway, I would ask around and I would, you know, they would want to be a part of it. But we did do some small contests and some challenges even before then. Right. Did you have any budget to put towards, you know, marketing the growth or kind of, you know, giving away prizes for these contests? Or is it just, hey, you know, you can win bragging rights amongst the group if your loaf is the best? We would do different types of contests or giveaways. Uh, I know that when my Udemy courses first started, we did a contest where everybody just showed their best loaf of bread. And then I had everybody vote by liking, you know, see which one got the most likes. And there was uh, one person that was just starting out and they showed a loaf of bread in a field with the birds eating it. And they were sad because they said, I can't <laughs> compete with you because my bread's not very good. So everybody voted for her and she got free Udemy courses. And now she's an absolutely amazing baker. Okay. Okay. <laughs> that was real fun. That was a fun contest. It sounds like, I mean, there's, I'm just going scrolling through and there, I mean, these posts have, you know, dozens and dozens of likes and comments. Like it's a really engaged group. And the challenge for me, I always say I would have, I wish I'd started my Facebook group sooner, but at the same time, had I done that, there, there was a risk it would be a ghost town. And, you know, if you come to a group and there's 14 people in there and it's like, if you're not spurring the conversation, it can be like, ah, oh, this place has just has tumbleweeds rolling past it. It's like, it's a really hard thing to start. And so that's just, you know, the, the contest thing, the formula thing, or the rather the recipes and, and stuff like that is a good way to kind of spur that conversation. But it's, uh, it's still a challenging thing to, to get going. I think, Nick, you could also uh, tie in all of your other social media. If you've got, you know, Instagram and Pinterest, and you've got a newsletter, and you've got a website, you can point all of those in the direction of your group and say, hey, come join us in this group. This is what we're doing. We're having a lot of fun. And, you know, that will help build your group faster. Okay. And you've done that now. I see, you know, your YouTube is YouTube YouTube channel is driving people to the group and your uh, Udemy courses are driving people toward the group. But was there, I mean, was there an email list at the time? Was NorthwestSourdough.com pointing people to the group at the time? Um, when it first started, no. It was just uh, us 14 bakers, and it sort of took off on its own for a couple of years, really. And I just uh, welcomed anybody who wanted to come in. We didn't have much problem with trolls until it got larger. 
and, or spammers. Uh, and it was just a nice small group and it just kept growing and growing and people enjoyed it so much they would invite their friends. For me, it was a really good way to realize that the niche of sourdough baking, that there was a real interest in it. Yeah, no, cl clearly. And so everybody else is going gluten-free and you're going like, I'm doubling down on this bread thing. I love it. <laughs> um, when you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search and hit the ground running with your new hire. But what if you could get rid of the search part and just get matched with qualified candidates? Well, now you can with our sponsor, Indeed. It's simple. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. The matching and hiring platform is trusted by over 3.5 million businesses worldwide to connect with great talent faster. And 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. For my next hire, I'm using Indeed to tap into a talent pool of 350 million unique monthly visitors. And what else is cool is Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets. And how about this? Side Hustle Show listeners get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Just go to Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you travel a lot for work or for vacation, you might be familiar with that feeling you get knowing you're leaving your space unused for long periods of time and you're still paying for that privilege. But hosting on Airbnb means you don't have to leave your home sitting empty when you're away. Being an Airbnb host isn't just a way to earn some extra cash. It's a chance to share your space and make a guest's vacation all the more memorable. You might be thinking, eh, maybe my place isn't the right fit, but don't write it off just yet. Your potential Airbnb might be right in front of you. Whether it's a spare room or even your entire home, there's an opportunity waiting. Airbnb turns your home into a practical and even profitable venture. We just got back from a family trip to Hawaii where we stayed in a great Airbnb, but our place back home could have been a highlight to somebody else's travels, and we could have used the extra cash to help pay for the trip. So if you're curious about hosting on Airbnb, find out how much your space could be worth by visiting airbnb.com slash host. Once again, that's airbnb.com slash host. Let's fast forward a couple years. So the group is is going strong. It's growing very, uh, growing at you know a steady pace, but it's not bringing in a ton of revenue. Maybe there's some you know corporate sponsorship stuff for certain giveaways, but you know that's getting plowed into you know product giveaways. My understanding is the money really starts with the Udemy courses. Am I correct on that? Absolutely. Okay, tell me about the first Udemy course and and you know kind of the the creation of that and the marketing of that. I created my first Udemy course and published it in April of 2015. And I went ahead and, and posted it in the groups. And I didn't even have a email list at the time. Didn't post it on YouTube at the time. I just put it in my group. And I was blown away by I had so many people join. I made over $1,000 the first month. And wow. I was blown away. There was just so much interest and people were asking me so many more questions. I thought, well, I started out with this long course. It took me four months to make. 
And I thought, well, that wasn't basic enough. So I went ahead and made a sourdough bread baking 101 that was very basic. And it starts with making your very first loaf. And then it goes on to your second loaf of bread. I published that and it went crazy and it blew me away because I just, I kept making more money and people kept asking me, well, what about this type of bread? And what about making some whole wheat courses? And so I kept on making courses and I, I do have 10 courses now. Okay. The revenue kept going up and up and I average around four to 4.5 thousand a month with my revenue now. And that isn't just Udemy. I'm also uh, an affiliate for Amazon. I'm an affiliate for Udemy. I do have my YouTube channel and I do uh, a few other things. I have books on Amazon that I sell. So I do have a few other uh, streams of revenue besides Udemy, but Udemy is my biggest one at around 60 to 65 percent. Wow. Congratulations. That's I'm just so excited by that. I'm on Teresa's Udemy page right now. Uh, almost 700 five-star reviews for sourdough bread sourdough bread baking 101 i mean that's that's just crazy and the facebook group kind of validated the interest in this validated the need for it was the i mean was it just like okay i've been you know engaging with this group for two years and now all of a sudden i'm trying to sell something was there a pushback on that or what was that initial post like you know I'm looking for beta users or I'm looking for, uh, you know, founding members of this course at a discounted price. Like what did that um, initial sales post look like? I don't think it was that big of a deal. <laughs> I, I I was learning everything. It was a learning curve. I, you know, made a coupon from the Udemy course. I posted it and just said, you know, I have my very first course on Udemy if anybody's interested. And and there was an awful lot of interest. So I, I think I was more surprised than anybody else. I mean, that's fantastic. What, you, know, you said it took four months to make that course. You know, Knowing what you know now, is there anything you do differently to tighten up that timeline? Or is that, hey, that's all part of the learning curve? Well, I think it's part of the learning curve because, you know, you need to learn to use the editing software for videos. You need to learn about audio and you know, most people start out with a lot of basic equipment, and then as they become successful, they buy better equipment. But there is definitely a learning curve to, you know, even learning the Udemy platform. But uh, I think my recommendation would be to, to make a small course, 30 minutes to an hour for your first one, because you can always go back and fix it up and update it. And my first course was a really long course. And I actually went and pared it down a little bit because it was so long and it took a long time to make. And I think if I would have made a short course, like my 101 course is a short course and learned the ropes on that before doing a, a longer course, I, I think that would have been much better. Okay. So trying to, you know, not trying to make the definitive guide to bread baking on the first go, but breaking up and breaking it up into smaller, more digestible chunks. Absolutely. And just learning on a small course and getting it out there and and then upping your game with uh, everything you do afterwards. So the cool thing about Udemy is if you're referring the sale, you get to keep 97% of the revenue. I mean, they take 3% for processing, basically. And you don't have to have your own website. You don't have to have your own video hosting. They provide this you know, entire platform and the coupons and all this stuff. And and if you're driving the students like Teresa is from the Facebook group, I mean, you're keeping really almost all of the all of the revenue. You know, did you find that once 
you kind of gave it that initial marketing push, the Udemy algorithm started to work in your favor and people were discovering this on their own. Because when I go on Udemy, I'm getting served a bunch of uh, like tech related stuff, like learn how to program in this specific language or, uh, you know, really marketing heavy and tech heavy stuff. I mean, were people actively searching for the softer skills of, of bread making? I think Udemy is still geared towards the tech stuff, and I think the algorithms will pick your courses up faster if you are real successful quickly with a tech course. Uh, I think Udemy was kind of surprised that my lifestyle course, which mine are in the lifestyle section, okay. uh, did, you know, that it did so well. Uh, it took quite a while for the Udemy algorithm to start picking up and selling uh, my courses, and as a matter of fact, I would have a, uh, a little contest with Udemy after the algorithm picked it up. I would, you know, every month if I saw they were starting to outsell me, I would work harder to outsell them, you know. So it was, it was kind of fun for me. But they do really well selling my course now. Uh, you do need to get some traction on your course for them to notice you and pick you up. And now that I've got, you know, the 10 courses and quite a few students coming in, it definitely has picked up my courses and they're selling them now. 9,039 students at, uh, at press time here, 10 courses and 2,000 over two, almost 2,200 reviews for, for all these bread making courses. Now listen in as I put my foot in my mouth and really show my ignorance about this niche. Do you think there, I mean, I didn't realize there was, I mean, 10 different bread making courses. Do you think you're you're going to run out of courses to make or is that kind of you know what's what's next down this path like i can continue pumping out these courses or are you worried about running out of content at a certain point i can't believe you could run out of content in the <laughs> baking world i'm ta- you know you're talking you can do pastries you can do desserts you can do individual breads you can do the breads of spain and france and i mean you, there's just so much content that you can do and the bakers out there are so amazingly creative now uh, because we can all collaborate. Uh, it's just incredible. As far as what I'm doing now, I'm taking a, a little bit of a break from course making and I'm turning all my courses into books. I'm going to publish the books on Amazon and I'm going to have links and coupons back to my courses so that okay. I can bring in a larger worldwide market with Amazon doing the marketing for me. Okay. I love it, right? There's 12 or 15 million people on Udemy and there's 300 million people on Amazon or more. Okay. So that makes sense. Most people know this, but maybe some of your listeners don't. If you have a book on Amazon, they'll do a preview. Uh, And so if you have your links right on the front page, then that's free advertising. People will click on those links and go see your stuff. So it's a great way to get some free advertising. Yeah, even if even if somebody doesn't buy, they can say, "Oh, well, there's a video version. That's going to be easier to learn than you know reading." Okay. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So the video, um, rather the uh, the Udemy courses feed the group, and the group feeds the courses. What's the what's the call to action look like inside of the course? Like, hey, come, we we've built this incredible, perfect sourdough community. We'd love for you to join. Like, what does that look like inside the courses? Yeah, in the beginning of every course, I have a small area about uh, sourdough starters and how to make them if you need to, and uh, because you have to have a sourdough starter. So that's kind of a basic thing that's necessary at the beginning of every, every course. And in that area, I will put, come join my Perfect Sourdough group on Facebook. There's thousands of bakers there that are 
happy and willing and eager to help you. And it's really true. I've got a group of the best bakers in the world and bakers are wonderful people. They're very generous. They're very sharing. And we get new people in all the time. And anyone with a problem gets helped within within seconds or minutes. It's just amazing. Yeah. And yeah, this is the difference between a group and a Facebook page. It's like a Facebook page, you know, your reach is so little unless you have something that hits the, you know, virality score and ends up getting shared quite a bit or you pay for it. But with a group, you know, you can have depending on what settings people have chose, like anytime a new post is published or anytime, you know, their friend publishes a post, like it's a really powerful thing to show up in people's feeds and shows up in the in the notifications. With each new course launch, is it the same like real casual style? Like, hey guys, I launched this new course, you know, uh, here's a code to, to get access to it. Like, <laughs> just, I mean, these yeah. people like adore you and they're like, I want to support her next course. Or I want to learn, you know, whatever it's about. Yeah, they're pretty excited when they know a new course is on the way. Uh, I've learned to to do a little bit better with the preparation of sales, and I will uh, start hinting uh, ahead of time. I've got a new, new course coming, and I'll even say, well, anybody have any ideas on what it might be? And uh, even asking that question gives me ideas for other courses because of what their answers might be. Okay. And then uh, sometimes I will go ahead and do a large contest or giveaway during launch week. But when I launch a course, it's it usually fills up really fast because people are really excited about it. Most of my students, I mean, most of the people that, you know, are my tribe followers, they have all my courses and, and my books. So they look forward to every new piece of content I put out there. They're fans. They're, they're Teresa fans. They're perfect sourdough fans. I love it. They're my tribe. With a group this large, you mentioned, hey, we didn't start to get spammers and, and trolls until you know we reached a certain size. What did you do to moderate that? Are you moderating this all yourself? Like, what's the what's that portion of it look like? That's always that was always in the back of my head. Like, I don't want to add another layer of complexity. You know, just another time sucking thing to do. I did all of the administration myself in the beginning, and it got to the point where it was too much work because uh, if you want to keep out the spammers and the trolls you've got to do some vetting and it gets pretty obvious when you're when you own a group uh what types of people uh when you go look at their profile you can pretty well tell if they're a troll or a spammer and i'm not going to say that out loud what it is because then <laughs> they'll, <laughs> they'll, they'll change, change their ways yeah um but it got to be a lot of work so i started asking for volunteers from my group and People that volunteered, if they were active in the group, I went ahead and gave them a chance to be an administrator. I would teach them, you know, what I knew about it. There seemed to be a lot of people really happy to do that. So I have 10 administrators in that group, and they're absolutely wonderful. They give of their time. They're really uh, wonderful to everyone that they help. And I give them free content in exchange. Okay. Hey, you know what? If you don't, I noticed you're really active in this group. If you'd like to be an admin, I'll give you free access to everything I create for the duration of your tenure or whatever. Yeah. Or I'll just uh, put a little comment. Uh, I'm looking for uh, uh, another admin. You know, does any, if anyone's interested, just, you know, send me a personal message and I'll, I'll select a couple. And so, um, or, you know, I'll work it that way. And then I might pick one or two, or I might pick them all and give them a chance and, you know, see. Because uh, if I don't have enough, then what we have is some admins doing too much work. 
And so if it gets to the point where I notice that there's 20, 30, 40 people asking to get in and that's not resolved quickly, I will add a, uh, another admin or two so that everybody, you know, has that work spread out over time in different parts of the world. Okay. And so I'll probably have to add a few more in a while because the growth at around a thousand a month, that's just a lot of vetting to do. Right. And then for new posts that come in, and this is how it is currently in the in the Side Hustle Nation Facebook group, where some spammy thing could, you know, it's, it's borderline, right? It's, all, it's always a gray area, but it could be up there for hours before I see it. And it's like, if I had more administrators... And maybe if you guys want to volunteer, you know, let me know in the comments for this episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's, you know, that that could get cleaned up quicker. You know, it'd be a better experience for everybody where it's like, okay, this isn't cluttering up people's feed with this garbage content for, you know, for hours and hours before I have a chance to log back in and, and moderate it. What's your time commitment in, in the group these days? Or what, I guess, where's, where's your time going in the business right now? One of my uh, policies has always been to to do at least three things every day for my business. You know, if it's work on my YouTube channel or work on my site or uh, work on a new course, if I'm working on a course, I, I spend a lot of time. But um, if I'm on downtime like I am now where I just published a course and I'm starting to work on books, I still like to make sure that I do at least three things every day to make my stuff better, whether it be post on Pinterest or Twitter or work on my YouTube channel, whatever it is. Because I think that sometimes you can feel like, well, I don't want to do anything today. And, that, and then suddenly you haven't done anything for a week. And if, you, uh, if your source of income is online, I think it needs to be dynamic and it needs to be uh, consistent. I'm doing something every day. Okay. Now, I know you got, you got the website at northwestsourdough.com. Are you focused on the email list portion of it? Now, you mentioned at the beginning, I didn't even have an email list, but is there any concern about building on somebody else's platform, building on Udemy's platform, building on YouTube, building on Facebook? Is there an effort to try and bring people like under your own roof? Uh, yeah, I've been doing that more. I've got a free download on my site. It's a how to make your own sourdough starter, and it's a real nice little download. And so I, I'm offering that in exchange for emails. And although I, I do different things to try to, you know, to get emails, I also don't want it to be to the point where you offer something so irresistible, you're bringing in people who aren't really that interested in being part of your tribe. I don't mind uh, growing my tribe slow if it's people that are really interested in what I'm doing. Okay. Well, the sourdough starter giveaway seems like the perfect lead into everything else. Like, this is going to be a prereq for everything that we do from here. So that's, that makes sense as a, as a lead magnet. Really? Yeah. Well, Teresa, this is, this is awesome. Anything else people should know about building a group, building this tribe uh, before we uh, wrap up with your number one tip? Well, I think it's just real important to be available to people and to put people first and uh, not to put money first. It, it just seems to me that when people come first, the money follows. And when money comes first, the people don't follow. So <laughs> that's just sort of the way it seems to me. Yeah, no, I found this to be true uh, as well. So uh, Teresa, you can find her at northwestsourdough.com. Of course, you can find her courses on Udemy and uh, definitely check out the Perfect Sourdough Facebook group. We'll link all that stuff up in the show notes for you at sidehustlenation.com slash Teresa. But let's wrap this thing up with your number one tip for Side Hustle Nation. 
Uh, My number one tip is to remember to spread joy. I like to remember to spread joy to my followers and keep things happy and keep the kindness going. Uh, If you've got a happy vibe, then people are magnetized to that. Spread joy. I love it. Teresa, thank you so much. We'll catch up with you soon. Okay. Thank you so much, Nick. I really enjoyed being here. All right. My top takeaways from this call with Teresa. Number one, start with what you have. Teresa started with a love of baking and 13 friends. And that was enough to start with. Now she's got a love of baking and 35,000 friends. She told me she filmed her first course in a makeshift kitchen in a garage with these ugly blue walls and oil-stained floors and these buzzing fluorescent lights. But she started with what she had. She said that course had a lot of close-ups of her hands, you know, working with the ingredients and with the dough so she didn't have to show her surroundings. Takeaway number two is never stop learning. Teresa, for lack of a better word, is older than most side hustle show guests, but she embodies the hustler's spirit. In fact, it's that never stop learning mentality was how she she first discovered Udemy. She said she was looking for information on how to improve her YouTube channel. She came across Udemy during one of their $10 promotions and bought several different courses. And it was about midway through the first one that the light bulb goes off. Hey, I could create one of these myself and the rest is history. Takeaway number three is to do three things each day to move your business forward. And if three things is too many, just do one thing. At the end of the day, you can ask yourself, what did I do today to make progress? I loved her comment that rain or shine, whether she feels like it or not, she has a rule to do three things for her business. So those were my takeaways, but I'd love to hear yours. You can let me know in the comments for this episode at sidehustlenation.com slash Teresa. It's T-E-R-E-S-A. While you're there, you'll also be able to download the free PDF highlight reel summary of this conversation and check out all the links we mentioned. If you like what you hear on the Side Hustle Show, be sure to hit the subscribe button in your podcast player app to make sure you never miss an episode. We've got some good stuff coming up. That is it for me. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, let's go out there and make something happen. And I'll catch you in the next edition of the Side Hustle Show. Hustle on. Thanks for listening to the Side Hustle Show at www.sidehustlenation.com.